If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Call's cloud business phone service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, on a day like today, it is good that you have tuned in to conservative, not bitter talk because we have reached that moment in history, that pinnacle moment in American history where President Trump will be impeached, if reports are accurate, which I believe that they are. And so it's a good day to be conservative, not bitter, because this is a day that uh, can really, I don't know, it's troubling. It's problematic. It's concerning. And not for the reasons that the left tells us. Welcome to the program. I am your host, Todd Huff. You can always email me, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com slash ToddHuffShow to watch the program live or on demand later, so long as Facebook allows that to be the case. It's good to be here on a day that, well, I mean, look, we've got a, a an impending impeachment vote. By well, as early as 5 o'clock this evening, the House could actually be voting to impeach the President of the United States. Now, this is supposed to be, it's supposed to be a... This is supposed to be a very serious, methodical undertaking. This is supposed to be evidence or the result of evidence of a president who has, I guess, acted outside the the confines of its constitutional power, who has committed, quote, high crimes and misdemeanors. And instead, what we have is the culmination of of a highly volatile political process, highly suspect, to say the least, to say the least. They have been dreaming about this day since the day that President Trump was elected, at least the day that they finally dried those tears. Maybe they yelled at the universe a couple of times. They got out their adult coloring books and ran out of realized they were out of pages the play-doh had dried up they were out of out of ways to cope out of little pseudo safe spaces that they had created for themselves to deal with the reality that donald j trump was our president and as soon as that initial shock initial fear initial confusion wore off they went immediately and i mean immediately to impeachment because they realized, hey, we've got a guy, we've got a president here who is 
not the normal type of president. This guy actually has an agenda, and he plans on sticking with it. This guy does things that other politicians don't do. And they were a little, I think, perplexed. They didn't know how to deal with Trump. They still don't, by the way. The one strategy that they've always adhered to is attack, malign, disparage. And look, I'm not saying that Trump never gives anyone any reason to criticize. That's, I'm not talking about criticism. I'm, I'm talking about a strategic plan, a strategic action plan whereby the president of the United States is ruled or is, I guess you could say, deemed ineffective because the obstacles towards getting things done are so monumental, are so enormous and full of chaos, strife, division, opposition, and so on and so forth, right? We've actually got uh, the resistance. This bore the movement that we refer to as the resistance. There are folks that actually say that they're resisting President Donald J. Trump. I don't exactly know what they're resisting. They think that they're resisting tyranny. They think that they're resisting a president who is acting as though he is a king. They think they are resisting a president who's a totalitarian Nazi dictator, whatever you want to say, right? A big, uh, well, a lover of big government, which I'm, look, there, there are things. Spending is still out of control in this nation. Trump certainly deserves some some criticism and, and answer, you know, he should answer questions pertaining to the direction as it, you know, goes with those sorts of things, certainly. But this idea that Donald J. Trump, by cutting your taxes, by trying to get rid of aspects or as much as, of, as possible of Obamacare, the idea that he's trying to cut the bureaucratic state, the idea where they're trying to cut regulations for every new regulation that's introduced, they want to cut at least two existing regulations. How in the world that fits into the mold of dictators beyond me. But we're beyond the point of having rational conversation, at least in the minds of many. In the minds of many. These these folks have been so worked up into a frenzy, so worked up into a frenzy regarding the dangers of a Trump presidency, regarding the dangers that Trump poses to our <clears throat> democracy, as they say. And I'm not, look, I, I, I get a little bit perturbed because we live in a constitutional republic. And there are certainly democratic aspects, and it is up to us unequivocally without question to keep this constitutional republic. I have no doubt in that. That's that's a that's a true a true statement. But when they say our democracy, when they say our democracy, they're they're washing over some very important differences between a pure democracy and a constitutional republic. One of those, by the way, one of those being the, the 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 role of the rights of the individual, as ironic as that might sound to someone who thinks, well, democracy protects that. Not exactly. Not exactly. In a pure democracy, someone uh, who garners the support of half plus one, one more than half of the people, can take away anything that they deem necessary. This is why Dem uh, Bernie Sanders is a quote-unquote democratic socialist. Right? The socialists get together. They get more than half of the people to join their movement, and then they tell the people who have acquired wealth and so forth that they're now going to be taking that which they deem appropriate. They're going to now start taking those things that they believe 
uh, amount to the wealthy paying their quote-unquote fair share, they like to say. Anyway, I don't want to get too far off the path, but but this idea that we are that we are in this well, this very important moment in American history. We've been, I think we've been we've been duped and misled to getting here. This is not this is not impeachable. This is not serious. It it is serious in the sense of the consequence. But the charges, the allegations, and so forth are not are not serious. These are means by which they get what they want politically. And if it means that they can get Trump out of office, that's fantastic in their minds. If it means that they can simply stop the president from being effective and from attacking or, I guess you could say, stalling or uh, disassembling some of the liberal uh, – the things that liberals have built over the past decades – if it means that they can stop that, then that's a good thing in their estimation. I remember saying, I've been on the record as saying this back in 2016, the idea that the left, after Trump won, was going to say, congratulations, you won this fair and, sh- uh, fair and square. Let's begin working together. Let's begin Let's begin implementing uh, your agenda. I mean, you won the election. That's what elections were about. You're, you're doing the things that you said you were going to do. You're talking about... Some things that have been politically, I guess, unpopular or things that no politician wanted to touch, but at least there's there's some direction on what the um, on what the election results tell us should happen. That's not what happened. They they dug in and they said we're not going to give up a metaphorical inch, not one single metaphorical inch of what we've earned or gained in this government by building this large bureaucratic state we will not give up one single inch without one heck of a fight and that's what we've seen and that culminates today that culminates today at least in the house of representatives so let's talk about what happens next so they've gone through the whole process nancy pelosi has her votes i've noticed some people are reluctant to believe this because in their minds they're thinking there's 31 democrats in trump districts who are you're going to have to answer to their voters here in you know only 11 months, right? So there's some questions about that. In fact, I was asked about this yesterday on a, st- a standing interview that I do on, on Tuesdays. However, I will not be doing that for the next couple of Tuesdays because of the holiday, Christmas Eve and, and New Year's Eve. But nonetheless, I was asked about this, and the, the, the host that interviews me still thinks that Nancy Pelosi doesn't have doesn't have the votes because he can't reconcile why these representatives from Trump uh, districts that Trump had won, representatives who were who are Democrats but come from a district that voted for Trump, why they would vote for impeachment. And I think the answer is is quite simple. I think the choice, and I alluded to this earlier in the week when we talked about the Democrat who's leaving the Democrat Party going to going to become a Republican, who by the way has since lost a couple of staffers because they don't want to, as they see it, go to the dark side, I guess. But be that as it may, be that as it may, the choice is, really, when you get down to it, if you don't toe the line and vote what Nancy Pelosi wants you to vote, which is impeachment, don't let her don't let her fool you with the talk about praying for the president, don't let her fool you about the talk for uh, talk about being so sad. In fact, she referenced that again yesterday. She's just sad. She's just so stinking sad about this. You gotta be kidding me. 
<laughs> you got to be kidding me. Am I supposed to believe the moment that the cameras go off, Nancy Pelosi goes back, grabs a box of Kleenex, pops on a Lifetime movie or some such thing, and just cries it out. Just cries this thing out. She's so distraught and upset. Is that what's happening? That's not what's happening. You know that's not what's happening. This is part of the strategy and the plan. And while some could say she was resistant to the plan, the resistance to the plan of impeachment, the resistance to the desire and the the need to impeach Trump was not because of some sort of a uh, some sort of a fundamental principle. No, it was because she didn't think it was politically the the right thing to do. She thought that just as Clinton saw his approval increase in the 90s when he was in peace, she worried about that. She worried if this would galvanize support for him. She worried that there would be unintended consequences. And so she was resistant to this until they convinced her that they had the goods. And she said, let's see if we've got the goods. And she she started working around uh, making phone calls, making visits to Democrat congressmen, congresswomen. And she realized back then she had the votes. Don't don't doubt this. I'm telling you, this is how this goes down. She had the votes, this this process, this sham, as Trump is saying, this stuff was all performance. This is part of the plan. She got the votes back when she announced that they were going to have an impeachment inquiry. And when she had the votes, then she let the the, the performance begin. That's how this went down. There weren't any – this indecision from folks at the beginning was all smoke and mirrors, was all part of the performance. They knew how they were going to vote. And for those who didn't, the, the choice was simple. You got to leave the party, folks. You got to leave the party if you're going to not vote to impeach Trump. That's, that's how some feel anyway. Now, there might be a couple who have begged and pleaded for Nancy's blessing – and can still stay in her good graces. But there are consequences to not towing the party line. They have to negotiate. They have to give up something. And so these Democrats think, look, if I vote with the Republicans on this, I, I'm gonna get I'm not gonna get any support in my reelection campaign from the Democrats. And if I do win, I'm not gonna have any ability to be placed in a position of power on a committee because I've gone against the speaker even though the speaker doesn't want us to think that. I mean, you can mark down the names, and you can see if they ever get prominent speaker posi- or prominent uh, committee positions while Nancy Pelosi is speaker. I'm telling you, it won't happen. It absolutely will not happen. And so folks are, fo- are forced to decide, do I vote for impeachment and either have to change my party? Literally, changing their party over this, folks. <laughs> or possibly... Rolling the dice and seeing if I can somehow salvage a, a re-election without the help of the Democrats and uh, finding my way, you know, meandering the halls of Congress without any real voice. Yes, I know it's time to take a break, uh, as you are correct. But the other choice is to vote party line, have the Democrats throw as much of the their resources and support into helping you get re-elected and still holding out hope if you get re-elected that you'll actually have a position that matters on a committee. There you have it. There you have it. So, got to stop and take a break. You're listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk here on Impeachment Day. I'm guessing when the next president of the United States, God forbid, is a Democrat, whatever point in the future that might be, this will be declared a national holiday. 
the week before Christmas. That's the kind of things that these folks do, and they'll be telling us it was the day our democracy was saved. They'll probably come up with some name like that, the day the day our democracy was saved. <laughs> anyway, got to take a break. Be back here in just a minute. Inaugural, inaugural holiday, impeachment day, I day, the day our democracy was saved day as the Democrats seek to impeach President Donald J. Trump in the House of Representatives. And we'll still talk about what happens next. But I thought it was worthy of stopping here at this particular point in the, in the program and going back to something that I saw about a week, week or so ago. Representative Karen Bass was being interviewed on TMZ. I don't know that I've ever played a clip from TMZ, so congratulations, TMZ, for making the cut here. But uh, Harvey, what's it? Harvey's what's his last name? Harvey Harvey uh, Le- uh, Levin. Is it Levin or Levin? Whatever. Harvey Levin, I think, was interviewing Representative Karen Bass. She's a Democrat. He asked her about impeaching Trump again. Let's say, so So the, the premise is, let's say President Trump, this impeachment doesn't go through. Let's say the, the Senate doesn't remove him. Whatever the case, let's say the end game, the end goal is not fully achieved. It's not attained. What happens next? Now, I want to play this exchange with you <laughs> and then get into something I've been dying to do for some time this morning. So that being said, here's Representative Karen Bass, Democrat, talking about her desire and plans to impeach President Trump, no matter what. No matter what happens this time, they can bring it back up again and again and again. They have no shortage. They have no shortage for excuses on how to impeach this president. Here you go. American people reelect him. What does that say to you about the American people? Well, you know, I I guess I am uh, ultimately an optimist, and I believe that the 2020 election, assuming we can stop him from trying to cheat, is in our hands. And so I think it's our responsibility to turn people out. And I feel very positive about that, because ever since he's been elected, you know, we have won thousands of races around the country. If we didn't impeach him, that also creates a tremendous amount of rage amongst People, like in our city, for example, of Los Angeles. But it's really not about the election. It's really about the fact that he break. has committed a crime. He has abused his power and he has consistently obstructed Congress from anything. He doesn't even want people who don't work for him anymore to speak to Congress. There's no such thing, really, as double jeopardy in an impeachment trial because it's political. Exactly. Suppose he gets reelected, but you're right, and you win back the Senate in a big way. If you did that, would you be inclined to take a second bite of the apple and reintroduce the exact same impeachment articles and then send it through again a second time if you have a Democratic Senate on your side? So, you know, yes, but I don't think it would be exactly the same. And here's why. Because even though we're impeaching him, you know, now, 
there's still a number of court cases. There's a ton of information that could come forward. For example, we could get his bank records and found and find out that he's owned 100% by the Russians. So you are absolutely right in your scenario. Oh, but the only thing I would say slightly different is, is that it might not be the same articles of impeachment because the odds are we'd have a ton more information. And then the odds of that, sadly enough, is, is that, you know, he probably has other examples of criminal behavior. There you go, TMZ. Yeah, so... So she's open to that. In fact, she's kind of welcoming that. A couple of things. Number one, she said the president committed a crime. Now, you may be inclined to believe that that is, well, probably not you, but someone out there, someone that you know, might believe that the president has committed a crime. However, however, I just read a long article that talked about the brilliance of the Democrats not not actually alleging the president committed a crime because because folks what they don't want to do is set the standards so high for future congresses should they seek to impeach the president of the United States they don't want to set it so high that it has to be a literal crime and so that's not what's alleged in these articles of impeachment in fact the ideas of what, bribery extortion these things that were originally kicked around are not there so she's factually incorrect on this, number one. But when does that stop a radical leftist and a Democrat, uh, Democrat congresswoman, Democrat congressman for that matter, from continuing to, to, to say these things? It doesn't matter. The, the real point here is that she's ready and willing and almost excited to impeach, impeach Donald J. Trump. So with that being said, with that being as our, our backdrop here, as I was thinking about this and thinking about the impeachment proceedings yesterday, you all know that I'm a fan of The Office. Fan of The Office. Michael Scott. In fact, if you're watching on the camera right now, what were the heck? Up, up, you probably can't see that, but there's a there's a Dundee trophy. One of my, a couple of my staff bought me, yes, I see that, a copy of the Dundee, uh, a Dundee award that I have up here on the top shelf. I also somewhere probably upstairs, have the world's greatest boss coffee mug. So there's that as well. But that being said, I'm a fan of The Office, huge fan of The Office and, and Seinfeld. In fact, you'll hear me reference both both of those uh, programs from time to time. And ironically, it's because our political landscape, the things that people get away with saying politically, could have actually been written into the script of these programs, which were designed to be, you know, I mean, they were designed to be funny. They were designed to be jokes. Now it's the, the law of the land. But there's a there's an episode. It came to me as I was driving somewhere yesterday, and I was thinking about the Democrats. They they impeach, right? They 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 seek to impeach Trump for whatever. And I said before that they hold up one shiny object after another. Can we impeach the president for this? And when the American people say, nah, they go on to the next one. What about this? What about bribery? What about obstruction of Congress? What about not turning over his financial records? What about a tweet that he sent? What about him making fun of Nancy Pelosi's teeth falling out, which he did the other day? Are these things worthy of impeachment? What about this? What about that? Doesn't matter. Substance doesn't matter to them. What matters, again, is what they can get away with. It's what they can get away with. 
So I was reminded of the Michael Scott Paper Company. Michael Scott Paper Company broke off from Dunder Mifflin. Michael started selling. He and Ryan Howard and Pam Beasley. Heck, it may have been Pam Halpert at the time. I think it was. They started to compete with Dunder Mifflin, the titan in the (laughs) paper industry. And they were winning clients. But the problem was Michael wasn't charging enough. The Michael Scott Paper Company was not charging enough money thereby creating a problem, a a problem for for Michael and his staff. And so, but they had created a problem for Dunder Mifflin too because they were were taking some of their clients. And so Dunder Mifflin wanted to put this thing away, right? They wanted to put this to rest. And so they were going to buy Michael's paper company, the Michael Scott Paper Company. And so they made an offer and Michael rejected the first one. And he says, of course, you never take the first offer. Start with by telling me your second offer. <laughs> and so David offered 12000 and Michael was upset. Then he offered 60000 Michael got a little bit excited, and there was some back and forth, and all this sort of thing was happening. And so David and Michael were kind of arguing about the state of both of their businesses. David said, you can't be doing well. You can't be getting the same sorts of prices we're getting. You have to be getting hurt financially. And Michael said, well, you have a board meeting next week. You have to go before your board and they're going to have some questions for the CFO when they realize that they've lost their biggest clients, when they're hemorrhaging clients left and right. And they might be interested in replacing said CFO after reviewing the current financial situation of the company. And so there's a little bit of back and forth. At the end of the back and forth is this exchange, which I think applies completely to the impeachment process. Here it is. I hope you enjoy. If tomorrow my company goes under, I will just start another paper company, and then another, and another, and another. I have no shortage of company names. Michael. That's one of them. Yes. These are our demands. This is what we want. Our balls are in your court. Okay, so that's it, right? If this impeachment doesn't go through, then I'll just come up with another reason and another reason and another reason. I've got no shortage of reasons, excuses to impeach this president. It's effectively what Representative Bass was saying. And see, what they want you to believe is that the president's so corrupt. Of course there's another reason because this guy's a walking criminal, right? Of course, they didn't charge him with a crime. Mueller didn't find any crime. These things don't matter. What matters is the narrative. What matters is the posturing. What matters is the positioning. And today will one day be declared a national holiday because they will impeach President Trump today in the House of Representatives sometime. Probably probably this evening, depending upon how much back and forth and drama we see today, which be prepared for lots of drama as well, but... Also be prepared for a break because I've got to stop and take a time out. You are listening to the Homo Conservative, not bitter talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. Any day that I play a soundbite from the office is a Can we have the is a Good day here in <laughs> in the uh, in the studio. Sorry, that soundbite was starting to requeue and play again. But anyway, that's this is look. This is how they they view impeachment. So what happens next? 
right? What happens next? Well, what happens next is the the House is going to vote today on impeachment. They've gone through all the the final hurdles to get the rules set. There's going to be some arguing. There's going to be some grandstanding. There's going to be some drama today. And sometime, they think around 5 p.m., I wouldn't doubt that it's even much later, but sometime this evening or even tonight, and I don't blame Republicans either for this, maybe Republicans should, should delay this as long as possible so that it'll be late in the night so that they can't get their, <laughs> their, uh, their dream of having this hit in prime time, make it hit at like 12.30 a.m. or something. Anyway, so you've got this... That vote that's going to happen today. They are going to vote to impeach Trump. Trump is going to be the third officially impeached president. Of course, they were going to vote to impeach Nixon as well. He would would have made this would have made Trump the fourth, but Nixon resigned prior to impeachment. So it appears that their dream of watching Trump resign before impeachment is not going to happen. So that's another prediction that has not occurred that the left has dreamed about has even predicted in some circles. So then what happens? Well, there's an interesting little part of this process that I think is worth paying attention to. It's worth noting at this point. And that part of the process is this. When the House votes on these articles of impeachment, they then have a separate vote to send the articles of impeachment to the Senate. So just because it, they vote to impeach Trump does not mean that it automatically goes right to the Senate. They have control over when they send it to the Senate. So this is something to consider. I don't know exactly what they'll do with this. I do know. I do know that they will do whatever is politically advantageous or in their own best political interests. Have no doubt about that. So they will be looking to do that. They will be looking to find the best time. Then this goes to the Senate. You will then hear arguing, which you've already heard beginnings of this ar- these arguments, regarding witnesses to be called. Now, something to keep in mind when you listen to this argument about witnesses. Chuck Schumer is wanting to have witnesses called in the Senate who were not heard in the House. They were not heard in the House of Representatives. So keep this in mind. The so, so far, this has been 100% political. There's been nothing closely, remotely resembling any sort of due process. In fact, they tell you, they will tell you that this is not a, this is a political process. We don't have to be, give someone uh, the, the same, sites, uh, same sorts of due process we would in, a, say, a criminal proceeding because it's not criminal, right? Actually, it is criminal the way that, they, that they've been handling this, but that's beside the point. So... They have decided in this in the House that certain witnesses were not uh, were not going to be called. Some were not allowed or were, were stopped by by the White House. Some folks ignored the White House's wishes. There's been a whole whole thing right with the, with the witnesses. But now Schumer's wanting to call witnesses that weren't heard in the impeachment proceedings in the House. Mr. McConnell says, "Well, that's not really how this works." But of course, the storyline is. McConnell blocks Democrat witnesses as though, again, as though this is a legitimate uh, undertaking here, whereby the result is to get to the truth. The result is to damage the president. The result is to damage the Senate Republicans. The result is to create chaos, to create 
momentum for the Democrats, chaos for the Republicans going into 2020. And I've got some thoughts on that as well that I'll get to after the break, but I've got to stop here and take one. So with that being said, I need to probably advise you that listening to this program can even stop and reverse the ravage effects of liberalism. Not only that, it can cause you to lean to the right. So if you're operating heavy machinery this morning, if you're driving a vehicle, be extra cautious because 98% of scientists do agree. They do agree. That's even 1% more than agree that man is contributing to climate change. 98% of scientists agree that listening to this program can cause you to lean to the right. So I need to make sure to advise you of that. And as we go to this break, you might want to think about that for a moment and think about the things that you are doing while listening to this program because they may, in fact, be hazardous for your health and for those around you. Sit tight. Be back here in just a minute. So we've got impeachment today. We've got the vote. We, it'll leave the House, presumably, because they can still vote on when it actually leaves the House and when it goes to the Senate. So they're probably looking – well, no. Let me pause. They're absolutely look, looking for the most damaging time to send this to the Senate. So that who knows when that will be. Will that be now? Before the holidays, do they want to wait until after the holidays? I don't know, but that's what they're discussing now. And it's not to be – those discussions are not designed to put the Senate in the best position to be the most – you know, to have the best opportunity to handle this case uh, objectively and fairly. No, no, no. This is to damage, to damage the Senate. And so that's the way we have to start looking at this. This is all about election politics. This is all about getting reelected, elected. This is about winning control of the Senate for the Democrats. This is about keeping the House for the Democrats. But they've done the calculations. They've done the calculations. The calculations may be incorrect. We know that Democrat leadership is not good at math, right? They don't understand how adding a $3 trillion expense to the budget every year through Medicare for All is going to be a, have a negative impact because they think that money's just sitting out there. They just want to tax the wealthy. Sounds great to the Democrats. Punish the wealthy. Make them pay for something that someone else wants or needs. Problem is, even if you take everything from every wealthy person ever, there's no way you can keep this going <laughs> ad, ad infinitum, right? There's, there's an end to this process. There's, a, there's a, a point at which there's no more no more money, and the Democrats get us there rather quickly. But they do their calculations, And admittedly, they are better at political calculations than mathematical calculations. And so they're making their calculations here uh, behind the scenes. And they're calculating – I mean I I think that they realize they're going to lose some of these seats in the House. The folks that are Democrats in Trump districts who vote to impeach, which appears to be almost all of them, I think they realize that some of these folks are going to be losing in 2020. So they say, well, we can still lose a certain number of seats in the House and keep it. But what's the, the positive? Well, what's what's the outcome that we can get that's positive here? Well, number one, we can further damage a sitting president who will be on the ticket in 2020 despite what some Republicans what some Republicans think, and you got people trying to get in on the people people trying to get in 
and 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 run against Trump in the primary. This is this is pure silliness. This is not. We don't even know your name. You're not even on all the ballots. This is not a serious undertaking for folks that are trying to do this. Trump is going to be the nominee. Um, I guess you could say unless he's removed from office by the Senate, which again is not is not likely. But I'm telling you, we better buckle up for this. There's going to be a high pressure, high stakes campaign whereby whereby certain senators are going to have a lot of pressure, and that's what the Democrats are looking at. They look at the at who's up for election in the Senate. They see that most of the seats that are up for election in 2020 are Republican seats, and they think some of these Republican seats are in purple states. And they see polling that shows God only knows how, but 50% of Americans, maybe slightly more, according to polling, now show that they want the president impeached and removed from office, which maybe we should have spent time talking about that. I don't know. Impeachment is not synonymous with removing someone from office. That Impeachment happens in the House. When you're impeached, it goes to the Senate. They have an actual trial. This, this is... This will be run like a courtroom. Chief, uh, Chief Justice Roberts will run this, by and large, like a courtroom. And there will be certain rules and processes for witnesses and so forth. And if two-thirds of the Senate vote to remove Trump from office, which would be 67, because 66 is just shy, because uh, despite liberal math, there's not a .67 senator sitting in there, although I could probably make the case that there are some. But, but nonetheless... Nonetheless, we've got this uh, removal from office that will happening, be happening in the Senate. The Democrats think that they can politically take advantage of that and cause Republicans difficulties in 2020. And who knows? They might be able to pick up a couple of Republicans along the way. Who knows? Mitt Romney. Who knows? Susan Collins. Who knows? Lisa Murkowski. Who knows? One of these Republicans up, in a, uh, up for re-election in a purple state. Who knows? Who knows? We're about to see the climax of this thing. The climax is not what we've seen so far. The climax will be coming in the Senate, and I have to take a break. Oz is giving me looks, letting me know that, yes, it is time to take a break, and I will uh, take one because it's time to do that. So I'm going to take a time out get back here, wrap up for the day. You're listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. So, um, just we're out of time today. So, I I think it should be said, clearly stated, that don't get upset if someone gets upset today in the office or at home or whatever tomorrow because Trump is impeached. Don't. That's not. It, it is a big deal. I'm not saying it's not. And the big deal is the process and how they've gone about this and how they've redefined impeachment. But it's not the end of the world. There's still a process in the Senate. They've got large hurdles to climb there, um, and so there's still a lot of fight left. But get ready for the, the things that get ratcheted up here yet again. I've got to go. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. SDGC tomorrow. Take care.